So the day is August 17th, 1975, and I'm about to come into this world. I'm about to come sliding through. I'm about to incarnate into an experience. Now I'm sliding through this hole into a family that is built by my father, my mother, my two sisters at the time, two siblings, and my oldest brother. And I slide into this experience of life. And as soon as I get into this experience of life, you know, we start learning. The experience of life that we are all experiencing is a little bit more of an illusion that we're led to understand. As we come into this world as babies, I want you to think of yourself as a computer chip. I want you to think of yourself as downloadable. I want you to think of yourself as technology. I want you to think to yourself, what is the other thing leading here that you know we're always so trying to get it to advance, right? Technology. We want it to advance. 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 The only problem is like when you get a computer and every year you get new software that comes out to make the sucker faster. Because of changing times, changing everything, right? The speeds are changing. Everything is changing in technology. So I want you to really look at yourself as a piece of technology when you come into this world. I want you to understand that, yes, I have thousands of thousands of hours of studying on neuroscience, the subconscious mind. What really makes us tick, Right? Now, I want you to understand that when you come into this world from zero to seven, you're in what we call the programming stage. Now, this is known by science. This is known by neuroscience. This is all documented, and this is the reason why the common guy, <laughs> the guy who never read a book after high school, right, until 41, 42, is when I dove down my knowledge, and I did it for every day for years, six to ten hours a day, every day. To get the knowings that I have, to get the intelligence level of taking everything, and I want people to understand that I took everything that I could find in the information space that was kind of going in the same direction, and I blended it all together because the message is so clear in everything. <laughs> so definitely pay attention. You know, I was trying to do a clip of coming out. Keep in mind, this is my first time doing this, and I'm trying to do it like other audio books, but I just don't want to read to you because I'm not reading anything. This is my life story, and I want to teach as I go. But in my life story, you know, I could have did that, the first section here of basically being a, uh, a baby inside my mom, and I wanted to sit there and cuss a lot, and I wanted to really show you like what we're learning just in the stomach. And, you know, my philosophy is that the, from the second that your parents spark, right, from the second the sperm hits, that spark of energy, that 2.4 volt hitting that egg creates your consciousness. And I believe to make the game that much more fun and interesting in life that we start learning from that second. That's it. 
right? The moment that comes, but now I want to go deeper because you might see this in your own kids if you're a parent. You might see it in yourself with your parents if you look deeply. You know, there's a lot of things that I see my own kids do that they did not learn in their zero to now. That there's only one way, and the only one way is that we are a equal a part of our parents and we have their feelings and emotions perfectly inside of us because that's a part of the game. Right? I'm a very aware parent in my in my experience of life. And sometimes that makes for a very difficult time to be a parent, right? Because you see everything, you're paying attention to everything, but let's just say that our kids still want to have a game. Right? So no matter how perfect of a parent you are, you're still going to have kids who have issues because they're pulling in your old issues. So even if you're a healed parent, I want you to pay attention to that. So I came into this world, right? I came into, again, my father, Joe, my mom, Mary Jane, my sister, Dawn, my other sister, Sandy, and my brother, Joseph. From a very, very young age. And I don't have too many memories, you know, from the zero to about, I want to say four. You know, I do remember from meditation, climbing steps, I can take myself back to the two, three, you know, in ways that I can't really, I have very, a couple blotchy just memories from that time. And maybe you want to sit there, maybe just take a moment in silence for yourself, hit pause, you know, and just breathe through your nose, out your mouth. Just relax, right? Just sit there and think about your childhood. I want you to go through your memory bank. I want you to take yourself back as deep as you can. I want you to go and go and go and just start thinking about the things of school and things you learned and keep taking yourself back, take yourself back, take yourself back, take yourself back, take yourself back. Take yourself back. Just keep going. And, uh, you know, take a couple minutes. Breathe through the nose, out the mouth. Watch your breath. Pay attention to your breath. If any thoughts come in about reality and life in general of right now, just let them go. Let them fly through. I really want you to pay attention. Try to get to the deepest that you can get because you might surprise yourself. You know, I can go back right now and see, you know, I could see the steps. I kind of almost remember what they felt like in my little, little hands, you know. But I want you to pay attention that once you get back there, I want you to pay attention to look around at everything, right? Pay attention to your parents. Pay attention to what you're watching on television. All these things are going to be very, very important for you. Like really pay attention to who you are, what pay, like what family did you come into? Maybe think about this on a vibration level, right? Even at a little kid, like what vibration is going on in your house? Is it a good, loving, feeling vibration? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, if, if it is, I can guarantee that you went to college, you have a decent job, you are probably married, right? Um, you know, that one can go left or right. It really doesn't matter. The whole marriage thing is just tough. But the rest of it, right? If you, if you got back to that moment of childhood and you're like, oh my God, I feel it, I feel it. And yeah, it was love. Yeah, of course. Like you went to the good school, like, right? And I'm not saying that you didn't have trials and tribulations. But if you're one of those people, right? There's only a certain amount of personalities and stories in this world. I think it's eight to 10. We all have the same ones. 
right? We all get to have the same experiences, right? Because there's only so many experiences here to have. And if you really think about that, you'll agree with me. You know, I want you to realize that if you came from a family of love, your experience was way different than anybody who came from a violent, unhappy, no love situation. So I really like to say that because I want you to understand that, you know, with everything going on in the world, I understand there's issues. This is present day. I will teach you about them as quick as I can because of what's going on in the world right now. But I do want every race to understand that no, we are not created equally and we don't have an equally created experience. So yeah, when other races are mad, and I'm a white guy saying this, you need to be compassionate and listen to them. Because you didn't grow up seeing what they saw. <laughs> you didn't grow up in the reality that they had. Look, I love hip-hop. And here we go with the first lesson in music. The lyrics of hip-hop, if you're letting them get in your ears at a very young age, let's say you're the baby from zero to seven beating around with mom and dad in the car. And mom and dad are listening to nothing but ho this and ho that and shoot this and motherfucker that, right? Horrible music <laughs> hip-hop has turned into. But I look back at the design of it, right? I knew nothing about this stuff when I was a kid. I started listening to NWA, right? And I want you to understand the program of music and the program in the inner city and what hip-hop does to the inner cities, what hip-hop does to kids. Right now, there are messages changing, you know? YF and things like that. Like, there are artists out there that you can listen to their message and they're trying to tell you. They're trying to tell the kids. They're trying to wake them up in a little bit. Right? But music is a programmer. Right? That is what will take a lot of young kids and make them think that they're something they're not. Simple music. So mom and dad beating around in their car from zero to seven don't realize that they're already programming their kids to that. That's it. Right? That's the reality that you're bringing them into. So let's say mom and dad, your reality was a little bit different at the time. And this is deep for a lot of people. Your children because of the creators that they are at this present moment, are helping you manifest and create. So be careful what you're putting in their ears. Lesson number one. How music and what you listen to, to this present day, will keep you poor. Because you're putting the ideologies of what your life is about into your ears every day, and you're telling your subconscious mind, this is the way I live. This is who I am. This is my, this is my ego right here. <laughs> I shoot motherfuckers, Right? No, we don't have to behave that way at all. So I zip back into the old version of myself and we're back to me being a little baby. What's going on in the Kaiser residence in the, in the 70s? Well, alcohol is definitely present. Very, very, very present. And a story that I understood growing up, which may just be a story. Remember that. Everything is just a story. But in my family, it was that alcohol was an issue, that my dad had issues, you know. And that's what I pretty much molded into believing. That's the road I had to take as a child, right? So in my experience, in like many who will resonate with this, I mean, alcohol is the big one, especially for anybody from 35 to 45, 
maybe we'll go 40 to 55 on this. For the simple fact that the program of alcohol was really big when I was a kid. And I want to take you into that real quick so you see it. Advertising, right? I am a marketing buff. I understand it. I see it. I research Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud from way back in the 1900s. I understand the ego phase of the world. If you want a really good documentary, go check out Century of Self on YouTube. That might take you down a little bit of a hole that you can look at what really happened in the reality to get people to do what they're doing today. Right? Always paying attention to the designs. But alcohol, oh boy, that's the one that years and years ago I said, you know what? I'm taking out my size 10 and a half and I'm jamming it up alcohol's butt. But I have a lot of cool stories about alcohol too. Now, I'll never say alcohol is a good substance. Never. It does nothing but damage you. It damages your neuroreceptors. It damages your, your internal organs. It certainly damages your energy. It brings you into a negative thought wave, which will create a negative experience. People look at hangovers and go, oh, my God, I hate hangovers. I hate a headache. Uh, you don't understand what you're creating for yourself on them hangover days. Bad, bad stuff. See? Alcohol is a level that will get you sucked into if you allow it. Everything in this planet is like the apple in Adam and Eve. When you look at everything is the apple. Right? Look, the Bible's a beautiful book if you learn how to read it. If you just read it like a spiritual book, then it's going to treat you like a spiritual book. You have to read the Bible like it's just a message. It's a coded message. Now, are all the messages in the Bible? No. It's the book to get you started. Right? It's the book to get you chasing after knowledge. It's the book that's supposed to spike your interest as a child to go, hmm, there's a spiritual world here. I wonder what that's all about. And it's your book to get you started. So as an adult, when you go to motels to have your little flings and there's that thing in the drawer, it's there to tell you that you probably shouldn't be doing what you're doing. <gasps> Life of Dharma, baby. Life of Dharma. Look that word up, Dharma. You're going to be getting very, very used to that word. Later on in this story. But if we go all the way back, right, to the alcohol, and look at the program that I was getting myself ready for, right, getting myself adapted to, that's a tough one to skip through. So if alcohol has you right now, I want you to know that it's not going to have you much longer. And I want you to smile. Even if that sounds like BS, smile again. You want to feel really good, get up in the mirror and look at yourself right now. Tell yourself, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're enough. You're enough. You're enough. And look deeply into your eyes. Deeply. Get to the soul. Look at yourself. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't BS yourself. You know why you're saying sorry. There ain't nobody else in that room with you but you. Right? You and your other half you're talking to two people when you stare in that mirror i hope you know that there's a soul inside of you that you're trying to talk to through your ego self get to the soul let yourself touch that soul right so alcohol how will it keep you poor <laughs> in every which way shape or form you know the illusion is you see a lot of wealthy people out there doing their their high dollar wines i'm going to explain that to you that's just a vibration. 
right? It's a vibration that you can enjoy once you heal and realize what the vibration of life is all about. And this book is going to take you down that road and it's going to heal you. So you can start getting to that vibration of maybe being able to drink a $10,000 glass of wine someday and understand it, right? Now me, mm -mm. I have... I have a devotion in my mind that I will do someday and we'll get to that because I'm going to do it in this book. But let's go back to my childhood, the things that were going on in my childhood and what most families do in this country when these things are going wrong. You know, a very, very young age, I lost my brother at four. It's a very prominent memory. I only have a couple memories of my brother. One memory, and I think I created this memory through just seeing a picture. Snowstorm. We had a German Shepherd named Smokey. And Joey was out back teaching Smokey how to climb our fence. <laughs> teaching him how to climb the dog fence to get out. Like, we had this big dog gate. And don't get me wrong. For the town I grew up in, I felt like the rich kid. We had the bigger house. We had the separate garage. We had the big yard, right? And I didn't grow up with all the finer things. My mom worked at James Way, which is like a Walmart. And our clothes matched that vibe, right? I was definitely the kid that would get on a bus with the knockoffs that looked like Jordans and got made fun of. And I look back now and I get the lesson, right? I get that in a previous life of mine that I was probably some wealthy peckerhead and I had a lot of ego money. And hey... You got to reap what you sow. Sometimes your next lifetime, you're taking care of the past one. So anyway, at a young age, I lost my brother. And, you know, the story that got put behind that really changed my life for a long time. The story that got put behind that made me look at my dad and be like, wow, you suck for my entire life. So that early on at four years old, not knowing the story, Right, The story that I got painted in my reality was my dad was a dick. My brother didn't want to deal with it anymore, and he left. He went to Florida. He was run over by the story I got for a long time was he was hit by a drunk driver. That could have been a biker that should have went to prison, but the guy only did six months. Turns out that the story was he could have been a pagan, and he killed my brother on purpose. And, hey, God rest your soul. I know you're dead. But, um... You know, it is what it is. That's the story that I painted for myself to get this process rolling. That story made me dislike my father from that present moment. Right? From any moment that I got and then I started to have to witness that. Now, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that my reality, my timeline might have got altered and shifted at that age because of the parents I came from. Because of the story, the situation, what was being told. Right, So then, from then on, yeah, I really did have a dad that sucked. He was an alcoholic. He was mean. He was yelling. He was just, I grew up with that. Right, But then on top of it, I grew up with a mother who didn't drink. But she was no better than him. And I love you, Mom. And I know that you understand why I have to tell this story. And I never understood why, you know, things were they were. You know, I just thought that was life. This is life. This is what we do. It matched the town I came from, right? Collins Lakes, New Jersey. Look that sucker up. Like by the age of five, you know what a fist fight is and you better be ready to get into them. 
because everybody in that town is hooting and hollering about fighting and drinking and F the cops. And, man, when you see my program, I'm a badass. So by a very young age, like, I'm running around this town and I'm meeting these people. I'm creating this experience. I have these neighbors and, you know, we're all just floating around as little, little kids trying to figure it out to get the ball moving. But, you know, four, year, four years old when your mom sits you down on a old Man, they kept that cow. I never understood that about my My dad wonders why he never made it. I mean, you can't keep the same furniture for 20-something years and think you're going to advance. When y'all understand money the way I do, that's a very biggie. The public school system, your program, we'll get into that because you're all going to be wealthy at the end of this book in a way that you didn't expect. So, you know, I take myself back to those moments. I take myself back knowing what I know now about this experience. And I see what I created. I go, oh, all right, all right, all right, I get it. And again, from the little exercise of shutting your eyes and going way, way back of what you were watching. What were we watching, right? I want to explain what was on television back then for me. You know, for me, I watched a lot of Patty Duke. You know, I was looking for that mom and dad life, happy days. I was looking for that family on TV, right? And sometimes I, I would honestly find it in ways that it would just, I want this. And that's all I would think about. A very, very young age, I, I stumbled across Saved by the Bell. And I was the kid that got put in Catholic school. That wasn't the best experience, I'll be honest with you, because... I was like a lot of kids that come from an alcohol family. Now, I wanted to open parents' eyes to the zero to seven here. So you take your kids off ADHD medicine. You're the effing problem. And if that just kicked you in the face, I hope it did because I'm sick of seeing parents give their kids meth. Raise your awareness, read what's in them chemicals, and understand that there's no way in hell that something that speeds you up is good for the mind. When you're trying to control your mind. You're creating poverty. The second you give your child that substance, you're creating a poverty life for yourself. And I don't care how much money you have. I'm talking about the poverty mind. We're killing our kids when we do that. Do not do that, people. Do not. So I want you to understand. And now if you start paying attention to vibration and people, you might even think about taking your kids out of the system. We'll get into that. But see, you have to understand when we go to school, we're adapting to all these different personalities. We're adapting to teachers. And what are we doing from this young, young age, right? What were we doing when I was zero to seven and going into kindergarten? I remember kindergarten. I do. I remember my first day of kindergarten. Really sitting in that room. And I remember this is all I did. And you might be there with me. I remember it had the old school fire bell. We had a big round son of the guns. It used to be in firehouses because it was an old firehouse. And I remember we could look, I could see, and there was a beehive out back. And there was like this line that would go from, I don't know what the hell that line was, but I remember the building and I remember all that. And I just remember in that instance being like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> like, I didn't realize how just. I like to be in my own mind. And when I wanted to be bothered, I would allow people to bother me. But being thrown into a can of soup, I was like, what the fuck is this? 
right? And very quickly, I think that I don't know if something happened in kindergarten, which I was probably a badass. You know, look, when you look at the program, you see where kids are coming from. If you have mom and dad who are screaming, cussing, screaming, cussing, screaming, cussing, you're going to have a peckerhead little kid. It's that easy. They're going to be the loud ones. Like you could walk through a grocery store and see what kids have what parents. You could see what kids come from love and what kids don't come from love. Right? Really pay attention to that. But you know, even at that early age on, I started to look at life like, what the hell? You know? And, and, and here we go, right? We start moving along, right? I'm in Catholic school now. I'm separated from all the kids from my town. I'm going to school with kids on the other side of the tracks. Keep in mind where I grew up at, it was a really, really different atmosphere of holy personalities. You had Collins Lakes, which was considered the drug town. We were all looked like druggies, and honestly, the other town was Hamilton, all the rich kids. Who do you think the druggies were? The ones with the money, right? We were the ones scaring the shit out of the ones with the money. Now, we were bad like that. But, you know, I came from a town that did have that separation. Unfortunately, at a very young age, I got sent to a school that was in the other district, right? So I went to the district of the friends who were like Lakers, the people who, you know, really at the time, I looked at like, man, why didn't y'all send me to that high school? I would have got to stay in sports, and we'll get into that later. But I just didn't understand it because after Catholic school and I went to public school, Catholic school definitely wasn't working for me. But it wasn't even that, you know. I look back at the shifts and everything seemed to be about my sisters and my reality because the second my sister got out of OLV, and I'm sure my father was probably paying for that, it was like, okay, they're out. Let's stick him in public school. So directly I just went from making all these friends getting slammed into a new school and at the same time I had a very bad stutter as a little kid very bad I got picked on a lot and the problem with the stutter was it was coming from a lack of hearing I couldn't hear I couldn't learn and they didn't pick it up so I got picked on and I got kept back so I got put into this new public school and being kept back and I'm meeting all these new kids and I'm already like what the fuck kept back the people I just knew, they're all gone, right, at a very young age. So that quickly, boom. But you know what's crazy? I had already started watching Saved by the Bell. So I get put into Folsom Elementary School. And I start meeting a whole new group of people. And the people I start meeting, right, who, who do my friends end up being? Well, I went to school with Danny Slater, Mike Doherty, right? They were like my little crew right there in Folsom School, Slater, Mike Doherty. And if I showed you pictures of, of our crew, right? I went to school with Brenda and Kelly even had the the hot little mixed girl. What am I showing you right now? Right? What what show did I love as a as a kid? <sighs> love Saved by the Bell. I love Zach Morris. I was the jock kid. But I was just like Zach. I was a jock, but still liked to be, you know, 
the ladies, right? That's who I was. And then Slater, sure enough, my boy, he was just like Slater. And then my boy Doc was more just like, hmm. He was a quiet guy, but man, dude, I hope you're good. I'm going to come find you soon, brother. We got a lot of catching up to do. But, you know, I want you to look at that. I want you to look back at just that that program, that process. And I know your your brain isn't even comprehending any of this yet. But I promise you, as you go through my story, I'm going to show you the moments. I'm going to show you the people. I'm going to show you the things that always kept me stuck. I'm going to show you the program. I'm going to show you how the subconscious mind kept me grounded in a reality that was just poo-poo. Right? Total poo-poo. Everyone has it on to be anything they want to be when you realize that you can do it. So very early on, I started becoming a competitor. You know, my parents did what all parents do. They stuck me in a public school system. From there, that stuck me into sports. And I went into all <laughs> baseball number one. And baseball was my, now I'm going to teach again, parents. Baseball is what created my ego very early on. Now, I'm not saying it was all of it, but baseball taught me that with hard work and determination, I could get patted on my back. And since it was something I enjoyed doing, anytime I found something like that, I dedicated myself to it and I practiced and I wanted to be the best. I was a competitor. The second I felt that slap on my back and good job <laughs> that one time, I was addicted because, again, if you're raising kids that don't come from love, if you're not telling your kids that you love them a thousand times a day, you're dropping the ball. I didn't come from that right, at all, not even close. So going through the story, right? what, what happens after that? Baseball. program of baseball <laughs> the big e baby that was my nickname at a very young age even at, you know i started off a t-ball but i noticed that my dad like i could get his attention and i could get his attention by doing better and better better because you know as sad as it sounds i was basically helping my dad feel good about his life because you know when you sit around and just drink every day every moment of every day i'm sure Everybody can relate with that, what that gets like. And I love my dad to death, by the way. I want everybody to know that. He played a perfect part to get me to be a perfect man to who I am today. Always remember that. It's not about, that's why I dropped the story. Hey, we all have our own issues. When you see it and you understand it, you see it and you understand it. But you know, that whole baseball thing, it really gave me an addiction to do better, do better, do better, do better. In sports though, because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed baseball. But I don't even think it was the game I enjoyed. It was the enjoyment of getting the cheers. It was the enjoyment of getting the recognition for doing the hard work. But it wasn't enjoyable to just want to destroy all the time. I had coaches that were very go, 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 go. And don't get me wrong, we were them. We were those little league teams that were well put together. We were playing ball like professionals at a very young age. Pulling off triple plays, pulling off things that in my reality most people can't even think about at that age. But of course, it was my reality. 
And as I go through my story and you hear certain even moments in sports, you'll realize what I'm trying to tell you in this book and you'll start getting the messages. But you know, I want you to understand, even at a very, very young age, like having all that emotion dumped on me, it really started to sculpt just an inner beast, an inner, just looking around like, at a very young age, just really feeling like, what the hell? Like, why doesn't anybody have their shit put together? (laughs) It's basically what I felt like at such a young age. But sports parents, um, I'm going to explain the poverty level of sports real quick to you. If you're putting your kids in sports, listen, I love sports. I do. But I'm not putting my children anything unless they ask, unless I'm walking past it, because that's the way the universe works through your children. Your children will get exactly what they want if you allow them to. You've got to step out. You can't keep jamming them into things because Sally did it or because your neighbor does it. It's not the correct way. And I've seen so many poor kids go through so much trauma as young kids because of sports and not being good. And that goes right back to parenting. Every kid can hit a ball. Every kid can throw a ball. Every kid can learn to enjoy it if the parents and ideology of the game would change. But this is the problem with sports. I don't care what sport you get into. When you're a child and you get put in sports, it will build up some kind of ego ability. In you, I don't care if you sucked. I don't care whatever. You're going to hold them stories. If you were even the bad kid on the good team, you were part of it and you're a champion. High five, guys. We kicked some ass as kids. We really did. But, you know, I want you to realize that, thank God for me, and once you realize who I am in this story, my energy numbers, my philosophy numbers, I always kind of knew there was more to reality and more to life. So, you know, I didn't fall into the favorites that most popular Americans do, right? I like baby blue, but I like everything. <laughs> I'll always liked it all. You know, I was the kid that never had the favorite sports teams. I always felt like out of whack and out of place. Like, why? Like, I don't get it. I like to play the games. I wasn't going to sit in front of some box and watch them when I could be outside. That didn't make any sense. So, boom. Number one problem. Once you get your kids into sports, now we adapt them to a mentality that, oh, they have to go be this guy, right? They see these guys selling cereals. They see these guys selling these horrible drinks, and they want to be these guys. We all did, right? I know I did. Now, you don't understand, and this is the problem with this game, and if you're a parent and you already have kids in sports or are doing well, I'm going to teach you how to make them pros. All you got to do is see it and teach them to see it. And teach them they're good enough and give them enough love and they will create it. It's that simple. But anyway, if you're not going to be the part of the 1% of kids that actually make it and there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of kids putting in sports every single year. You know, most people who do that get caught in the, this is my favorite team, right? Well, I played baseball, so I love baseball. I'm going to all the baseball games. This is my favorite team. It's my favorite, favorite baseball team. I'm going to go to the game. Yay, I'm going to the game. Woohoo, Phillies are playing. Oh, they're playing the Dodgers. All right, I'm going to sit down at, at this stadium that I just spent gas to get here. I just drove in traffic, taking the opportunity of getting hit by a car. Now I'm going to stand in the parking lot, you know, leave my car here, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know, you go in and then boom, you're hitting the face with what? Alcohol, fried food, noise out the butthole, and a lot of energy. A lot of energy. 
energy from every avenue of the world. Energy from the nosebleed seats all the way down to the boxes, right? But the problem with the guys in the boxes, they have their own entrances. They don't have to walk past you. They don't have to go anywhere near you. Energy, right? Always remember energy. But anyway, what happens, right? Why does this keep you in poverty? Well, when you go to the games and you start pumping all that bad food in your system. <gasps> well, I'm actually going to cut off there. Um, I just got tied up to talking to one of my neighbors who just bought himself a motorcycle, his first one. I grew up riding, so it was kind of exciting to see that. But, you know, I'm going to go back in, listen to where I just left off. And, you know, this is how I do things. So I hope this is okay for you, but I promise you that when the real audiobook comes out <laughs> and the book, it'll be done a lot better. But I'm doing this to have a ghostwriter go back through and prove that you could write a book by just being just a common guy with a podcast, right? Thank God for Gary V. Um, years and years ago, who got me who got me tied up to Anchor. But I'm gonna jump off for now. I'm gonna listen to this one. It's Thirty something minutes, you know, but. I know where we left off in the design of sports. I want you to really look that it's a crib-to-death marketing scheme. It pulls you in when you're a, a very young kid. And what happens is, because you go to these games and your emotions, and when you understand emotions later on in this book and what they really do to your life, you're going to understand that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye, right? There's a lot more going on this this reality than you know. And you need to know these things because it's what the wealthy know. It's what the wealthy teach your kids. And when I say wealth, I don't mean money. <laughs> I want you to get that out of ideology. These are the wealthy people with the energy, the highest vibration, right? The highest frequency people on the planet are the ones who are having the best experience. We just didn't realize it. And things like baseball and football and all these things, they take us to these games where we get caught up in negative emotions, we're around a lot of negative people. You've been to a game, you know what I'm talking about. People fist fight, people throw things. Look, that is poor behavior. I want to go back to that, poor behavior. And now a lot of these people, keep in mind, I know that the majority of people in this world, like the majority majority, had the decent parents, had the decent school, had the decent everything, and you have a decent job, and whatever, and you think that that's just a part of life because the popular does it, and you're sucked into that ideology. See, the people who go through the pain, the people who go through the hard times, the people who don't get all them luxuries and lives, we're the ones that get to the point of we see it, and we learn it, and then we do it a different way. And then we teach it, and we become very, very wealthy. And that's how we win the game. And then even the... Even the common ones, guys, the ones who had the great parents, the ones that, you know, you have it all, but you still feel lost, like you're still searching for something. It's because you are. We're going to find it together. So I'm going to jump off. I love you all. I hope everyone shares this information because this information is coming from just a guy who used to be just like you. He used to wake up and put his work boots on like you. Right, I didn't come from money. I didn't have anybody give me money. Nobody has helped me. Everything I've done, I have done out of my own pocket my entire life. And I'm 45 years old. <laughs> I have lived an amazing, amazing story. And we're just getting started. So I love you all. Stick around. Things are going to get interesting. Bye-bye.